Welcome to Show Up, Stand Up, Speak Up. I'm your host, Sherry Godfrey, and today I am delighted to be bringing a friend to the table. Maggie Mayer is sharing with us some intimate details of her personal life, the suicide of her son, Adam, her own struggle with mental health and mental wellness, and how she is moving forward and carving a path out to help others overcome the same obstacles that she was faced with. Grab your coffee, settle in, and sit back and enjoy this intimate conversation with Maggie and I. Welcome to Show Up, Stand Up, and Speak Up. I'm Sherry Godfrey, your host, and I am absolutely pleased to be bringing an amazing story to the forefront today. I want you to meet my friend, Maggie Meyer. She is the CEO. Yes, ladies, you heard that right. The CEO. She is the Chief Energy Officer. I absolutely love how you preface that, Maggie, CEO, Chief Energy Officer. I think we need a lot of you in today's world. <laughs> so ladies, we're going to start off without pulling any punches. Um, I've had the pleasure of having some really good intimate conversations with Maggie. And boy, let me tell you, does she have an awful lot to share? And if any of what we are going to talk about today resonates with you, percolates anything up to the surface or possibly triggers anything underlying that is coming up, I really do recommend that you reach out to Maggie and have a conversation so that you can decompress and debrief anything that bubbles up. So we're going to start with probably the hardest thing that Maggie has ever had to overcome in life. At the age of 27, her beautiful, vibrant son took his own life uh, through suicide. Maggie, can you walk us through that period of your life? Sure. Would you like to know a little bit about that before, in terms of, you know, we how this would love came? to know a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So I had a beautiful son named Adam. He was a very boisterous, super social, loved everybody, you know, very gregarious little boy. Uh, we put him in soccer at eight years old. He was quite the athlete by the time he was in his teens. He was working out. He was the only Canadian on two American soccer teams at one point. And uh, if he hadn't had an injury, he was actually being scouted to go to university in the States. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we have these uh, winding roads that take us elsewhere. And so my son needed a backup plan. And, you know, we sat down and talked about that. And he decided then to come and live with me. And he had, you know, finished high school. But, you know, a lot of these young kids, they often don't know what they want to do. And so I said, you're welcome to live with me. Um, you need to work or go to school. You can live rent free, but you've got to do one or the other. You're not going to just sit at home. And so he decided to work for a few years. He got into the bar scene and then he ended up going back to college and taking, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and all kinds of different things. And eventually was working at TD Bank. He decided he wanted to be an investment banker. So he really, really upped his game and really got to know himself. And we spent a lot of time and I have a lot of entrepreneurs coming through my door at the time. And so he was being introduced to them. So he, I was just loving, you know, you love right when your kids start to develop and he was becoming a man and the whole thing 
And I remember one night we had a conversation. My son also struggled with mental health issues. And it started off when he was eight or nine, he would have like these ticks, like these really weird, like funny ticks. And then he started to bark like a seal, like he'd go, ah! And so that's really Tourette's syndrome, which is a neurological disorder, but it went away. And so we didn't really think anything of it. I didn't know anything about mental health back then either. And then unbeknownst to me, because he was living with his father, we'd split by then. Uh, when he played soccer, he would get a lot of these compulsive mental intrusive thoughts. So he had to literally tape his fingers together before playing soccer because otherwise it would distract him. And he was a striker. So he was, you know, always, uh, making goals and it was taking away from his ability to focus and concentrate which I found out much later so obviously there were a lot of issues going on I struggled with OCD obsessive compulsive disorder mentally for a very long time myself um, and you can't see it you don't know that that person's struggling with it so my son no, so Maggie not to stop our story short but I just want to interject here for just a moment sure. and let some of those pieces percolate with some of the moms who are probably listening to you right now. So for the moms of you who are listening, as Maggie is sharing all of the greatness and the goodness that her son brought to the table, just the joy for life and watching him elevate himself up and find himself, let's just take a moment and appreciate who he is mm -hmm. for the true being that you brought into this world. I can hear the gift that he brought I can also hear from a mother's outside view, the looking back and perhaps not seeing some of the things that we weren't aware of. So for the moms who are watching right now, if, if this is you, if you were sitting right now, wondering if something is going on, but you're not sure, we know more now. And when we know better, we do better. So I really want you to listen in and lean into what Maggie is saying is that now as she looks back and reflects, there perhaps in hindsight is, is things that she saw that she sees now. And there's no guilt to that and there's no judgment to that because I can tell you that with all the beauty that Maggie brings, she's a beautiful mother. And we can feel that and see that just by how she describes her lovely Adam. So Maggie, I just wanted to have the moms have the opportunity to sit for just a moment and really appreciate where you've been um, and give them the opportunity to reflect perhaps on where they're at right now. So please tell me more about Adam. Sure, and it's very true, you know, we didn't talk about mental health. We didn't really know anything. I know a lot more now, and that's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing uh, because now I really see signs, I really understand it, but when you're growing up, you know, with your children, you don't always see that. So I, I'm a recovered alcoholic. I've been sober now over 10 years. And so my son knows all about my story and, you know, my own background, I came from an abusive background and developed a lot of mental health issues as a result of that. And, uh, but he was so proud of me, you know, for quitting. And uh, so we talked a lot about alcohol and alcohol abuse and drug abuse and things like that. And so he knew about the potential for alcoholism, you know, mm -hmm. if a family member has it, right? The kids may have more of a tendency and a likelihood to become addicted. Um, and I remember one night before he went out, we were talking about marijuana. And, you know, back in the day when I was very young, I smoked it and I got very paranoid. So I stopped it and my drug of choice was always alcohol moving forward. I wanted to have a, 
conversation with my son because we've talked a lot about drugs and not smoking. He never would touch cigarettes. And, but, you know, this whole concept right now with marijuana, the back then they were talking about legalizing it. So they're puts in this attitude in this frame that, you know, maybe it's not as bad as you think it is. Mm -hmm. uh, marijuana, you know, there is research showing that it can help with cancer and different issues, which definitely is true. However, what's not being talked about is that the THC now in marijuana is much higher and it's synthetic and it's very potentially damaging to the brain, especially the developing brain. Um, and, you know, you have a developing brain until about the age of 25. So when my son was around, I remember 23, 24, we started talking about marijuana and I would just say things like, you know, I don't know a lot about marijuana, but just given your own mental health issues, right? Your brain is not really working hundred percent don't put a drug in it because you don't really know. And I remember my son and I'll never forget this saying, mom, it's just a weed. It's harmless. It can't hurt you. And I said, I don't agree with that, but you know, the kid's 24 moms, you can relate to this. There's lots of wisdom we have, but our children may not always listen. Right. And so my son was really working hard and I was seeing obsessive issues with him. And, you know, I can get like that too. He would just, he was a high achiever, always on the move, you know, a lot of jobs. I mean, he wouldn't sit down and have lunch or dinner with me. He was always taking his food downstairs to the basement. And I was getting concerned and I was thinking, you know, he's going off the rails a little bit. He's getting too obsessed about achieving and he didn't want to be a millionaire. This kid wanted to be a billionaire. And Ooh. so I would say things like, okay, let's make our first hundred thousand first, you know, before we get into the billions. So there was this extreme need to achieve and really reach high, high goals. And a lot of pressure on him so when he announced to me one uh thursday night that he was going away for the weekend with his frat friends he'd met a bunch of frat friends from different universities uh i was really happy that he was i knew he needed to decompress he needed to take some time out unfortunately what i didn't know was that a lot of them were really smoking a lot of pot my son didn't want to do it there were i guess a couple of guys that just kept pestering him Oh, come on, Adam, just take a little bit, take a little bit. Adam kept saying, no, no, no. And then finally he got very angry and he took the bong and he smoked, I think five or 10 hits. And you know, sometimes when you're angry, like you'll do even more, oh, I'll show them or just get them off my back. And so, yeah, and cause I've talked to my son a lot about peer pressure and usually he just tells people no, and that's the end of it. So that night that didn't happen. And so the next morning I got a phone call and I could just tell by his voice, something was really wrong. And my son's a bit of a prankster. So I thought he was kidding around and he just said, mom, stay really calm. Something's really happened. I have a friend who's driving me home. And so I just waited. I didn't, he didn't want to talk about it on the phone. I had no idea. And ladies, moms, you know what your child looks like, you know, their eyes. And the minute my son walked in, I could tell by his eyes that something really bad it happened I could just he didn't look the same he didn't act the same and it turned out that this THC was too strong for my son and basically <clears throat> over a number of months my son began to really deteriorate uh, first of all it was his anxiety got wrapped up his OCD went through the roof he also became very very depressed very paranoid very very anxious and then he started to really isolate. And my son is a very social boy. And all of a sudden he wasn't talking to people. He wasn't bathing. I remember going downstairs and saying, Adam, you need a shower, you're smelling. And 
we had this agreement where I had things I wanted to do with him. I do a variety of tests and things. And my son at the, at the beginning was, no, I want to go to the hospital. I want to get medication. That's going to solve it. And so I just knew in my heart that wasn't going to be enough for this. We'd have to do a lot more. And my son was not prepared to do that. So he stayed in my house and about six months later, it just, it was just going from bad to worse. And then he was getting more angry. He was getting violent. He was, you know, he's, his life was falling apart. He couldn't read that much anymore. He couldn't see properly. Um, he was losing his balance. Um, he was jogging for a while and then he would jog at night because he couldn't handle the sunlight. So he was deteriorating in all ways. And eventually he decided to move back and live with his father. Uh, he was talking a lot about suicide and I have doctors that I work with in the States, you know, and I wanted to uh, do tests with them. I wanted him to see them. I even wanted to get him over to see Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a foremost uh, uh, brain imagery specialist. Um, but my son just never wanted to do any of that. And then he was really going online talking about suicide. You know, a lot of different things happened. And um, I was not accepting my son's desire to die. I thought he's too young. There's, we need to try new things. Unfortunately, um, he just kept taking different medications. And I'm really convinced that some of those medications actually caused suicidality, made him think about it more. So just imagine, you know, he's not in the same town anymore and I'm, I'm worried sick, I can't sleep. You know, just listening to your kid talk about suicide, is so tough that there, that he felt, yeah, that he felt so, he got so negative and he just was giving up, you know, the hopelessness. And here's my son was the opposite. You know, he was a fighter like me and no matter what happens, we'll get through this. And it just, but what was happening was he had been so brain damaged and then all these different medications on top of it, which I feel really made it worse. He started to get burning pain in his brain, in his body. And he would cry and he'd say, I feel like I'm being burned with acid. I'm on fire. And his whole body was like this. So imagine one day I'm at home and uh, someone lets me know that uh, my son is on the front page of the Toronto Star saying, I will commit suicide. I will not live like this. And it, it was devastating. And so I'm in the, you know, you know me, I, I, I combine science with healing and, and there's lots of things that I believe we could have done. I had doctors on call that were willing to work with him. He never once even had a brain scan. Not one of his psychiatrists even deemed that necessary, which I find just shocking. Um, and then it just got so bad that eventually my son, uh, he started to advocate for uh, made medical assistance in dying. And he started to advocate for the right to die for the mentally ill. And he wanted to show that people with mental illness also have physical illness problems. And so on one hand, I was really proud of my son because how many kids do you know living in their parents' basement would start advocating on the behalf of, you know, thousands of other people struggling and suffering, knowing that he doesn't have much time. So my son had to, uh, he tried to get physician-assisted dying. There was a lot of publicity about this, but nobody wanted to touch him. And there's doctors saying that, that he's so young, 24, 25 mm -hmm. years old, I who wants to help a young person die? I mean, I understand all that. And then eventually my son uh, joined something called Exit International and they basically teach you how to kill yourself in a, in a safe wow. in a safe manner because my son was talking to me and imagine as a mom, 
that your son or daughter's coming up to you and saying, oh, mom, I'm looking at how many feet it has to be before you jump off a bridge or a building. Um, he was afraid that if he tried to do something and he didn't do it, he might end up, you know, a vegetable or in a coma in the hospital, which can happen. You've heard of people even attempting to kill themselves with a gun and they end up getting brain damage. Yeah. So my son, oh, eventually he uh, illegally imported a drug from China. This drug is known to uh, just help you sleep and that's how you die. So in the end, my son went to a motel room in Windsor, drove there in the middle of the night and took this drug and died by suicide alone because me and his father, we would have been charged for illegally abetting a crime. So it's legal to die by suicide, but it's illegal to have family members around. And he couldn't get help from the doctors. So it was very, and I remember my son even saying, mom, I don't want anything to happen to your business. And dad, you're a professor at the University of Windsor. I don't want anything to happen to you. So I'm going to be doing this alone. You know, one day I'm just going to leave the house in the middle of the night and I'm not going to come back. And that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So for the moms who are listening in right now, really hearing the pain that will never go away for Maggie as she shares the wonder of her boy the capacity for life that he had, the advocacy for others, even in a state of not knowing what he can do for himself. So much goodness. I want you to really sit and think about all that he brought to the world. All of the joy that he brought to his mother and his father and ultimately the choice that he had to make that he felt was the only choice that he could make to remove him from pain. Now, if there's any mom or dad who are paying attention right now and you're being triggered, please reach out to Maggie. And I'm suggesting that you reach out to Maggie because she has been there and I know that she will offer you no judgment. If there's signs that you're seeing and you just don't know what to do with them, reach out to Maggie. We all need a lifeline and there is no shame in asking for help. What you would actually be doing is allowing the legacy of her son to continue forward as she helps you and your family through some really, really heartfelt emotional decisions that can impact today, tomorrow, and the future down the road. And I know that Maggie wants nothing more than for you and your family to have a prosperous future, a healthy future. And I think really what this brings us to is I thought it was so important to share this story. One, because we often don't talk about this. And in this day and age, we need to be having these really difficult conversations so that moms and dads know you're not alone. That we do believe that medication has a place in the world and a place in life, but we also believe that there's alternatives to medication. 
And that is actually what Maggie does, is that she helps families heal from stress, anxiety, and depression without prescription medication. Now, we're not saying pitch everything that you have, throw caution to the wind, and see where life takes you. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that there are alternatives and there are options. That again, medication is a short-term solution. And it, yes, may be a long-term solution for those uh, that the proof is in the pudding and it is needed. So we're not saying to, uh, to be reckless with you or your loved one, but we are saying that there's options. And there's options that may help you and your family to actually come to the life of Bill that you're supposed to come, that you're supposed to come to. And I'm going to give you a little bit of credentials here, just so we know that um, one, Maggie has lived the life experience that should need no other justification. Drop the mic, end of story. She has credibility out the wazoo based on the experience that she has had in her life stealing. She also holds a degree in economics and political science. So we have a smart cookie sitting here with us. She is brains and beauty all wrapped into one. She has a nutritional balancing diploma she has progressive EFT certification, and she has also taken courses on suicide and bereavement. So when I suggest that you reach out to her, I don't do that haphazardly. I do that knowing that Maggie has also done the work in light of what Adam has gone through so that she can be an advocate and she can serve her community. And where her sweet spot is, I am gonna tell you that CEO, Chief Energy Officer, is not going to the wayside. She really excels at helping high achieving business owners, corporate leaders, those working within the government industry. She's worked with police and first responders. The list can go on. She really does help people move through trauma, MPTSD. And she knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that when we bring mental health to the forefront, and we address it, that we can come up with solutions to move forward. That you can have a high thriving business, you can hold the position of power, and you can have really great glory in work and in life. Like how freaking amazing is that? All of what Maggie has been through, she is giving it as a gift back to the world in the format of a business. I mean, what a healing journey she's been on. Maggie, tell me about some of the work that you do. I'm just awe-inspired by how you've been able to transition through and really bring this into the world at a time that we need this more than ever. We certainly do. Anxiety, depression, all of that is really going up right now. Stress, financial uncertainty, it's causing a lot of issues amongst families. So I, I, I speak and I give a talk on what I call the three R's roadmap to productivity and peak performance. So the three R's that I refer to are number one is remove, rebalance and reframe. So when I talk about remove, remove is we're looking at removing toxic chemicals in the body. People don't realize that every day they're consuming chemicals, they're putting chemicals on their body with all their body products. There's so many chemicals, even in water, like lead, arsenic, antimony. And all of these chemicals impact your body and your biochemistry, and they also can affect your mood. The second thing I look at is your minerals. Many of us, well, we all need minerals 
you know, for hundreds of different uh, ways of helping the body. But most of us don't have balanced minerals. And believe it or not, when you have unbalanced minerals, uh, it can create fatigue, depression, anxiety. Uh, people, uh, we're, I'm working with someone right now with Tourette's. Uh, people that are autistic often have a lot of toxic chemicals and unbalanced minerals. But even entrepreneurs, like they're pushing, pushing, pushing. So mentally, they're very strong people. But you're pushing so much and you're not realizing that you're actually undermining your own biochemistry because the more stress you have, even if you can handle it, uh, you're actually pushing down your minerals. So I have, you know, 56 year olds, 50 and 60 year olds coming in with very low minerals, but I also have 20 and 30 year olds, the same, you know, type of people like my son, high achievers who are really into pushing. And so a lot of times, you know, many, several years ago, I wasn't feeling very well and I had uh, depression. I had constipation and fatigue that, you know, that can be very common. Right. And then it turned out I do something called hair and mineral testing. And then, so I tested my hair and I actually had toxic chemicals. And then very shortly after I was diagnosed with cancer. So instead of doing the regular chemo and radiation route, I had thyroid cancer. I chose to basically follow the protocol that we do with hair and mineral testing, which is removing the toxic chemicals, which I did, and then rebalance my minerals, which makes me stronger, which balances my mood and my body. And I was cancer free in six months. It also, wow. yeah, it also really helps. I see a lot of people coming in with anxiety and depression. And this is one of the, like you talked about the sweet spot and this is really important to me. And this is what I, I wanna get the information out is that people with anxiety and depression and OCD in particular tend to have very unbalanced ratios of copper to zinc. Now zinc is a very calming mineral. We don't have it in our soil anymore. So it's not in our food anymore. And the ratios are critical. And so what we're seeing is a lot of people struggling with mental health issues tend to have these unbalanced ratios, especially in the copper zinc. And I finally got a hair test from my son. I had to beg for that for about a year. He just, he just said, I'm only going to give it to you to get you off my back. You know, the typical kid. Right. But yeah. I knew, I knew biochemically that there were things wrong with him and I wanted scientific proof and I got it. His toxic copper was through the roof and he didn't have he hardly had any uh zinc he didn't have selenium he didn't have different minerals that help the body detox so i'm really convinced and i want to get this information and i'm seeing this all the time i work with entrepreneurs you know some are women that are hormonal gaining weight metabolism issues that's often unbalanced minerals and so i've had clients come in you know we do the test it's very easy we send it to the lab and you basically get a customized supplementation program. So the lab literally makes customized supplements geared to your own biochemistry to solve those problems and rebalance you and help you start detoxifying the body. And the energy, the mood, the changes I've seen are so remarkable. And I'm, and I'm convinced if I had known this many, many years ago when my son was young, maybe my son might've been alive today. So I know as the mom what it's like to lose a child. I also know what it's like to watch a son suffer with mental illness. And so for those of you who are dealing with it either personally or maybe your husband or wife or your children, there really is hope. And, you know, I combine science with natural healing remedies. Oh, science with natural healing remedies. Let's just let that percolate because you don't really hear that in that combination 
I love that Maggie really wants to dig deep and find the answers, the proven answers from the scientific background. So it is what it is when it's sitting on a piece of paper, all there in black and white. And then if you can move through that from a natural perspective and help to heal the body on the inside so that on the outside, everything around us is just getting better. We're healing from the inside out. Simply amazing what Maggie has done. Simply amazing. Now, if anyone again is sitting, contemplating, thinking about it, stress, anxiety, depression. As I talk to Maggie, we are mid-COVID in Canada, US, globally. It's not going away anytime soon. Our stress levels through the roof. Business owners have lost income. There's businesses that sadly have had to close. There's pivots going on like there is no tomorrow. And if you're anything like me, once all of this is done, we never want to hear about another pivot again as long as we live. Final disruption, financial disruption can create hardship on families. So not just from a business perspective, but also we bring that home when you open the door uh, and come, come back into your house. And I say open the door because some businesses are doing curbside pickups. So they're still going into their business, although people aren't walking in through their doors. So we're sitting at a really pivotal time, a really crucial time when our outside stressors are really magnifying any internal stressors that may have been in existence before that. And what Maggie has said, there's hope. There's hope. In all of this, there's hope. So Maggie, if somebody were to take you up on that little glimmer of hope, what would that look like? Oh, well, I actually offer uh, complimentary consultations. You know, we start usually with a phone conversation and then we may move it to Zoom. Uh, I do a lot of work now virtually, obviously. Um, and uh, I just listen. You know, the first thing I want to do is I want to hear about you, what you're feeling, what you're going through, to be your witness. I think people really need to feel listened to. Um, and then, you know, we go through, you know, a health assessment, that type of thing. And then people will decide, uh, sometimes they choose to do hair and mineral testing with me, but I also do coaching. I have three month and six month coaching programs. And remember I talked about the three R's. Well, there's a final R and that's about reframing your mindset. Mm. And I do a lot of emotional work, mindset shifting. For example, if you've been on medication for some time, you know, you'll hear people say, um, they don't say I'm struggling with de depression or depression symptoms. They'll say I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm this. It actually becomes their identity. And so mm -hmm. I actually help people shift that. That's not your identity. It's a symptom. But once we go in deep and deal with the biochemistry and start rebalancing you, then it's a lot easier also to shift the mindset and just to help people. For example, I've worked with young women who are, uh, alcoholics, binge drinkers. And in six months, we've done all kinds of work and they're back to work. They're not drinking. Some are in AA, some are not, but they have this whole world available to them that they didn't have before. And it takes someone believing in you, but also I've struggled myself. I've had mental health issues that I've also overcome. So I've really been there and I have lived experience. 
And I'm also open to speaking to moms who are also struggling. Uh, a lot of parents watch their children struggle with mental illness and they often want their kids to get help, but often they need help first because they're so worn out by it. Living with somebody that's an alcoholic or an addict or with mental health issues is really draining and really damages your own body and your own mindset. So they always say, you know, put the oxygen mask on the mom or dad first, and then you can also have more energy and the ability to help your children as well. And then, of course, I work with, you know, I do work with CEOs of companies. One of my clients was Wayne, Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm sure you know of him. And he was in, you know, really great shape and ate organically. But he had all kinds of heavy metals in his body and, you know, uh, mineral imbalances. So it doesn't matter what you look like. You can look super great and be very thin and eat well. But there's still things going on biochemically that we need to shift. So I'm seeing more and more women also with... Uh, very high levels of aluminum, and that's related to cognitive decline and Alzheimer's. More women in their 60s are being diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So it's really important to find out exactly where you're at and let's start detoxing you so that you can have a really, really great quality of life and a lot more energy as you're getting older. Because we do, we, we want to do more things as we're getting older. We don't want to do less, right? I agree with you 100% that uh, my bucket list continues to grow the older that I get. And I certainly need to have the energy to show up and do that day in and day out. So what I love most of all about this is that be your witness. If you were sitting right now with any of the items that Maggie has listed, if there's somebody in your family with suicidal thoughts or tendencies, if there's stress, anxiety, depression, perhaps over this last year, I see it all too often on social media that alcohol has become more present in our homes as it allows us to move through the motion day to day when we really don't know what tomorrow might look like. COVID has hit many families in many different ways really hard. And I believe that as we're now starting to move through and and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So I don't wanna sit and say that this is the, the path that we're gonna be in forever. But as that light goes through the tunnel and people start to emerge out, I do believe that there is gonna be a rise in addiction. There is gonna be a rise in stress, anxiety, depression. Mental health really will need to be on the forefront. And God bless, I know that our medical system up here in Canada does the best with the tools that they have. Um, but I would leave you to say that there could be some more tools in that toolbox to help our families out. And that maybe that's not the support that you're needing, or maybe that support hasn't helped you and you're looking for alternatives. Maggie is that alternative. She is that alternative. She is that hope. And it's not just for families. So families, of course, she has a soft spot for families. She does not want you having to go through the experiences that she and her Adam have gone through. But for anybody who is listening in and you know who you are, you're that high achiever, achieving business owner that who does it all? You do it all. And why do you do it all? Because nobody does it quite the way that you can. Nobody does it just as good as you do. And you wanna make sure that all of your ducks 
are swimming in a row. And ladies, we know it's impossible to corral the ducks. They just don't swim in a row. But I know that there's some of you listening who are hell-bent on making them do just that exactly when they want to do it. Corporate leaders, it's the same. You cannot lead a team if you yourself are struggling from a point of unwell. And if we need to shift that mindset, that is one of the R's. It's the reframe that Maggie does. Now, if you check out our description, her, her, our description in the bio, excuse me for that, you are going to find Maggie's website. You're going to find Maggie's email. You're going to find that there's a link to some extra material that if you'd like to download um, the offering that she has, that it's a place to start, but it is just a place to start. I encourage you to take the hand of somebody who has walked your path. She's not just going to feed you a line because she's lived it. She does come to you with no judgment. You're in a safe place with Maggie. She's ready to walk you on that journey to start with the first steps. She's ready to hear you. Ladies, when's the last time that your emotional well-being has been heard? And she's willing to be your witness. Maggie, as a mom to a mom, I know that today was extremely difficult to come. And it was a really venerable share. You have shared Adam with us. I love that I can go on your Facebook and that I can see Adam. I love that Adam is still a person who exists in all of his glory because he is your son and you are his mother. And I'm really grateful that you were able to take the opportunity to come in to let other moms know that you hear them, you feel them and that you are here from them from a family perspective and a business perspective, that you will give them hope and the tools so that they will create a really good work-life balance. Maggie, time is precious. And I really do appreciate that you've come to my table today and you have given of your precious time. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. And again, in the bio, you want to check out Maggie's links. And I know that you want to have that coffee conversation with her. Thanks for tuning in. Until we chat again. Thank you for joining Maggie and I at the table today. We touched on so many delicate topics. And if one of them right now is resonating with your heart, with your soul, and is sitting in the pit of your stomach, I encourage you to reach out to either Maggie or myself so that we can guide and help you to move through what pains you today. You'll find our calendar links in this episode description, and we would be honored and blessed to have a coffee chat with you. Thank you, my beautiful sisters, for tuning in. And I certainly do hope that as we end today, that this finds your bucket full, it finds your heart light, and it allows you the opportunity to sing your soul, your beautiful praises. Know that you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. And our community is richer because you are in it. Until we meet again, have a blessed day. Thank you.